Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. We are here with the CFB Dynasty Podcast for week two, actually week two going into week three of the college football season. Both BMAC and I have a lot of thoughts about what happened last week in college in college fantasy football and college football overall. We both feel way differently about our college football teams after last week. And we're going to start right there. BMAC, tell us how you feel about the Florida Gator performance last week. <laughs> what a terrible place to start. So <laughs> <clears throat> Richardson uh, obviously looked like a different quarterback. Um just wasn't clicking at all you i really felt good uh when we were up 16 to 7 you know you start kind of playing things along your head it's like all right we've got the ball we're up 16 to 7 they can't run it on us uh feeling great about this you know we got usf next week and then maybe we can get one on the road at tennessee week four and we'll be four and zero to start the season and not a lot of people saw that coming but play out the rest of that game and you feel way differently. So felt like Richardson was probably just pressing, you know, a bunch of NFL scouts there. And uh, that was well known to, for that quarterback matchup. Um, <clears throat> and Florida just ended up not being able to move the ball. The defense was way better. But anyways, um, running backs looked good. O-line looked good. Just Richardson was, was just off. So... Uh, definitely needed a good 24-hour recovery period afterwards because, you know, you get teased there when you're when you're winning. You're starting to think ahead a little bit as a fan. Uh, but um, I'm still alive. So, well, I was uh, I was at Daytona Beach Comic Con last week, and luckily I had my tablet right there with me and was able to uh, right there at the booth. I watched my entire NC State Charleston Southern game. Uh, absolutely, the game that my boys needed after the uh, needing East Carolina to basically hand them the game in week one. Uh, Devin Leary showed that he was the quarterback that we all kind of hoped that he would be. Um, six touchdowns, four passing, two, uh, two rushing. And um, in the preseason, I talked about the, uh, the running back core for NC State, uh, Jordan Houston and Demi Sumo Carnier. Um, Sumo is going to be probably the man. He is a power runner, and um, he's somebody people need to keep their eyes on. I'm glad to see that uh, – that, uh, that that's the that's going to be the strength of the team. I think it's going to be kind of like the last couple of years where there's not really going to be a, a receiver that's going to be somebody you really want to have on your squad other than Thayer Thomas at this point uh, because you have so many guys that are just going to pop uh, here and there. But uh, I was really glad we really needed that. Got a tough test in uh, Texas Tech this week. This should be a barn butter of a game, having uh, high-powered offenses on both sides and, uh, and great defense from NC State. So hopefully we can uh, – start 3-0, and we can start having those thoughts like you were talking about. Yeah, 100%. But enough about <laughs> that. People are here to listen to our thoughts on uh, on the news and notes in college fantasy and then also what, what the uh, our rankings are. They want to get to that week three BMAX brisket lock, and we have a bunch of other cool stuff for you. So, BMAC, what do you think about going straight to the news and notes? news and notes all right tyler buckner notre dame he is out for a good pretty much the rest of the season and drew pine's gonna take over a quarterback there for notre dame who's been totally disappointing if you've invested in any notre dame player players for your fantasy team <clears throat> Ugh, it's just not looking good. Not a great start. Um, no, we'll see no if offense, they're uh, no offense to Marshall. Continues. No offense to Marshall, but <laughs> my goodness gracious, you know, being in South Bend this week has probably been really rough. If it wasn't for some of the other upsets in college football, all eyes would be on Notre Dame right now. Luckily, luckily, there's been a lot of other things that have happened that have taken some eyes off of South Bend. But oof, that's a brutal. That is a brutal, brutal loss for Notre Dame. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, quarterback for UCLA. Um, he was available to practice. Um, so he left the game early in the blowout last week, but um, 
Seems like he should be a good. Zach Charbonnet was, uh, quote, unavailable last week. Even after dressing out, just didn't play, probably because of the outmatched opponent. Should be available this week, so we'll see. Um, and Texas, that epic game against Alabama, um, which I was totally fooled, by the way. I was driving home, saw my Bleacher Report app alert, and I thought I read Texas takes down Alabama, but it was the opposite because I had to like glance at it really quick. So when I was watching the end of that game, I was like, oh, crap, the Bleacher Report app got me, and I was like two or three minutes behind. It's like, wow, how's Alabama going to miss this little short last kick? And then they didn't miss it, and then I was like, oh, I, I well, read that wrong. As, as an SEC fan, I know you're bummed about, uh, about the Gators and their outcome this past week, but that's got to give you guys some hope that it took Alabama to the very end of the game against a backup quarterback, a team that was not at full strength, to squeak out the win. I mean, that's that's very un-Alabama-like. Yeah, people are questioning the O-line there. They're questioning the wide receivers. Uh, but a lot of the Alabama fans are questioning the OC. And um, they just think uh, they've got the talent, which it's hard to doubt that they don't have the talent. Um, so we'll see if they can get receivers open. Uh, this week, I'd expect Bama to have a, a beatdown. But, man, if it's not... Um, they do have some help coming in, I think, the beginning of October. A couple receivers coming back, but yikes. Um, anyways, we're mentioning Texas because of the injuries there. So Quinn Ewers out, Hudson Card out. Uh, well, Hudson Card finished the game. He's not necessarily out. Um, they're calling him, both of them day-to-day -day because they don't need surgery. But Ewers is pretty much expected to miss four to six weeks. Hudson Card might play. Apparently, Malik Murphy is not healthy and not able to play yet either. So it's basically down to an injured Hudson Card or Charles Wright to make his first college football start against a good UTSA, uh, UTSA team. So a couple things to note with those injuries. Uh, doesn't make me feel good about Xavier Worthy, although, you know, early in that game against Alabama, I was just thinking to myself or making notes like you can never sit Xavier worthy. He is so good. Just start him no matter who they're playing. But if the quarterback isn't great, you kind of think about Roshan Johnson, right? Who used to be a quarterback and then potentially running a lot more wildcat. But quite honestly, you think about Bijan Robinson and he will probably have his best game of the year this week or you would hope they're challenging that o-line and gonna like ride him pretty heavily i would love to see roshan get some more action i feel like he's one of the most underused players out there in college football uh the versatility that's out there i've been uh been hoping that uh that he could do something i've stashed him in in all of my college leagues uh hoping that he'll be able to do something i'll have that one game where he blows up and then he just fades back in and is, is unused but this may be the opportunity for them to get creative and get him back out there on the field Sleeper start this week. Uh, I don't feel good about it. He's not in our top 50 or anything for running back starts. But if you really need somebody and he's on a, a waiver wire and a deep league or something, could be a good option for a sleeper pick there. Definitely a sleeper DFS that we'll, we'll go over later this week. So Keaton Slovis still listed as the starter. Uh, Pat Narduzzi, among other funny quotes that he had this week, says, I know nothing about the injury. So um, is it going to be Nick Patty, who also got banged up? Uh, but it's, it seems like Keaton Slovis might be the guy, but there's a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, you feel questionable about that one. Hopefully you're not. Hopefully you've got a better option than, than Keaton Slovis this week. But um, some other news. Luke Altmaier for Ole Miss practiced Monday after leaving the game. No starter named yet, and there's an or on the depth chart with Jackson Dart, so we'll see there. Um, running backs, um, Donovan Edwards said to be working through something, and that is a quote. Um, not what 100 percent. Look at when injury reports are that specific, you know. It's so dumb. Uh, I just can't wait till this is normalized one day. Hopefully, like the NFL. 
That's one of the very few things that I hope college football would do like the NFL. Um, John Emery Jr. for LSU. So he's supposed to be ready and eligible to play for his, his first game of the year following his two-game suspension. Um, so that's someone to monitor this week. Although it's just the O-line has been so bad for LSU. Um, we'll see how they do against Mississippi State. He's someone that is probably on that borderline of do you cut him and go after someone else? And I think you can pretty safely make that judgment call after this week unless he only gets like a half a game or something like that. <clears throat> other news so Houston Brandon Campbell's day-to-day to John Henry injured his other ankle and he's also day-to-day neither of those two have been ruled out um all right Tay McWilliams questionable after leaving the game uh Bijan Robinson he is day-to-day with a shoulder injury uh Chris Rodriguez for Kentucky he remains suspended um should be available um, October 1st game. Trey Siggers for SMU warmed up, didn't play last week Last week due to a groin injury. Kamar Wheaton for SMU didn't play last weekend due to an ankle injury. Both sound minor. Both could potentially play this week, but there's not going to be anything definitive. Um, at Alabama for receiver, JoJo Earl, Tyler Harrell still set and hopeful to return October 1st. Um, let's go down to Florida State. Ontario Wilson, now listed as the sole starter. Um, so that's good for him. He had a good, I think, 25-point fantasy game um, a couple weeks ago. So someone to monitor, waiver wire potential there. Trey Knox um, left the game Saturday with an ankle sprain. He was able to fully participate in practice, so he should be good to go this week. Seven McGee for Oregon, expected to return and be ready to play um, after leaving last Saturday's game. Um, Ryan O'Keefe for UCF, hopeful to play. Not anything definitive there. Um, Adam Randall for Clemson, who was a standout in spring. He's been cleared to play this week because of uh, his knee injury, but he'll be on a rep count. Um, Arian Smith for Georgia, one of the fastest players in college football. He's back and running at practice, not quite ready to return yet. <clears throat> and then lastly, we'll go to Purdue. Brock Thompson um, only played six snaps last week. Um, he's going to be on a snap count again, apparently, after tweaking his knee week one. Good stuff, good stuff. And then we've also got some little uh, some news and some topics of our own. So uh, let's uh, let's go. Let's talk about some uh, Rasheen Ali. Yeah, so he was spotted at practice, pads and helmet on, participating yesterday. There's some images on Twitter, and this is the most reliable news possible, of course, um, would be Twitter images. But, man, that's someone you've got to think about. Like, as we went into the rankings this week, going over, you know, all the data, adding all the Vegas metrics, looking at year-to-date performances and, and the opponent and all that stuff. We had Kalon Laybourne, who was a former FSU transfer, four-star recruit. He's been doing really well. He's averaging 23 fantasy points per game, and Marshall should pretty much handle Bowling Green on the road this week. But with Ali potentially coming back, either splitting those carries or does Ali step right back into his role as the full-time starter and one of the elite fantasy performers? There's ambiguity there, and you just don't really know. Um, so caution for sure on Laybourne versus Ali this week. And then if you listen to the podcast a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the situation in Nebraska. I made a comment. And I'm like, if Scott Frost keeps this up, I don't know if he's going to last the season. And I even said then, it's very rare to see a college coach get dismissed during the season, especially early in the season. I don't think anybody expected that Scott Frost was going to get let go two weeks into the season. But there you go, Scott Frost out in Nebraska. BMAC, what do you think about Scott Frost getting dismissed after two weeks of a season? You know, for fantasy purposes, it sucks. Like, if you've drafted any Nebraska players, 
there's you just don't know how the players are going to respond, how the team's going to respond. Are they going to mail it in, um, or are they going to you know fight and continue to play well, especially as they've had a running back that's kind of taken off for fantasy. But crazy, crazy news there. Uh, the seven and a half million that they could have saved, like seven and a half million, is it's a lot of money for anybody you would think. Um, they could have saved that just by waiting till October 1st and firing them, but they firing him then, but they didn't. So, um, interesting move. You know, he's got good history there at Nebraska. I imagine that's just them doing him a favor because he's one of their own. But, uh, man, that's, that's rough. The thing Nebraska. that frustrates me, the thing that frustrates me is has nothing to do with Nebraska. All it has to do with is the rumor mill. Because as soon as any coaching job comes up, there are certain <laughs> names that come up every year. Are they going to want to move to Nebraska? You got my coach Dave Dorn at NC State. His name comes up, and they're asking him at a press conference about the game upcoming. And he said, guys, I'm looking forward to coaching my own team. I don't want to talk <laughs> about something else. Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. Um, these names come up every single time there's a coaching vacancy, and it just becomes – fodder for the rumor mills distractions for these teams that are just trying to go out there and coach their coach their own squads because they act like nebraska is nebraska of the 70s and 80s it's just a school just like miami where you know it's not it's not elevated at this point like a clemson or an alabama yep and so it's frustrating the teams can't just go out there and and coach and and try to get their own playoff appearance they got to worry about this team over here that fired their coach two weeks in so that's what's frustrating to me yeah, it does suck. Um, last bit of news here. Jackson Smith and Jigba um, could be good to go this week against Toledo. They've got a huge spread. He's he's listed as our top Ohio State start at receiver just because of how great he is. Um, if he's playing, you know, he's, he's basically a must-start. Is he going to be on a snap count? Of course, we'll never know going into the game. Will he actually play? We don't know, but... With the news that he is <clears throat> potentially available, he's ranked uh, high for us this week. All right, so next note you got on here, you want to talk about Kent State. So let's talk about Kent State. Why is Kent State on your mind? So just Kent State as, as an example here. So a lot of these teams, like Kent State, have had difficult schedules week one and week two, and these players are getting ready to either this week for Kent State or next week, um, these group of five teams as they go into conference play, they're getting ready to bust out as far as fantasy purposes go. So if you're in one of those leagues where you're playing with a bunch of your buddies and it's top heavy for, you know, power five schools, now's the time to go in and grab some waiver wire pickups for, you know, players like you know, Colin Schley at Kent State, who might be averaging 12 points a game. But, uh, you know, Dante, if you look at... Dante Cephas as well, for sure. <laughs> yeah, if you look at their schedule so far, they've played on the road at Washington. They went on the road at Oklahoma. And then uh, they play Long Island at home this week. So that's why you'll see some Kent State players with low points per game in fantasy uh, pretty high in our rankings and then next week they're at Georgia what a rough start to the season for Kent State but this week they get a little bit of a breather some of their their best players are going to bust out this week and make sure you've got them if you if you don't have them in your lineup add them to your lineup if you don't have or if they're a free agent like Colin Schley pick him up he's he's averaging 12 fantasy points per game but yet he's still in our top uh, 15 or so starts for the week this week. And, I, and that's what makes a seasonal CFB so fun because people are like, oh, I got to go get the Alabama guys. I got to go get, you know, those top end guys. But when you get down to the end of the season, you know, you've got, uh, you've got, you know, Maction and you've got some crazy games that happen in front of uh, 3,000 diehard fans on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Um, but it makes it tough when you got leagues like we have where you got a college pro dynasty you got to be really careful about those guys. They might blow up in college, but they may not have a lot of pro potential. I had five wide receivers go to the pros last year, and I think only one of them is even on a pro roster. The rest of them, I think two of them are on practice squads. Two of them didn't even make a practice squad. They couldn't even make a 68-man roster, 69-man roster in the pros, including mm -hmm. practice squads. 
So you got to be very careful about um, the, the risk versus reward to try and get a college ship uh, versus uh, pro potential if you're in a college pro dynasty. But if it's college only, heck yeah, jump on yep. those group of five players. Yeah, absolutely. And next week, we as we like take a quick little peek ahead to week four, if you look at the schedule, that's when everything kind of returns back to normal. We don't start that Tuesday action quite yet, but we do have Thursday night matchups, which I think the college football just gave to the NFL for the first two weekends. Um, and then we've got uh, some good games starting off uh week four on thursday and friday so back to more of a normal schedule in week four when we've got you know pretty much everybody almost everybody in conference play at that point so um unless you got something else you want to talk about about that we want to go to a fun segment that bmac has decided he wants to have in here now and this segment is called who we're mad at bmac who are you mad at I'm still upset, and I've got to have some good collaboration with other Keishan Boutte owners in the Discord. So it, it feels good to go in there and be mad with other people at the same player. But it's not <clears> – <throat> it's just he's someone you kind of draft, and then you just expect he's a staple in your lineup. Of course, if you drafted him, you spent a lot on him in the draft because you took him in the first round, you know, Maybe he made it to the second round, top of the second round, whatever. But, <clears throat> yeah, like, he's someone you've got to consider to sit. So I'm I'm going back and forth like, all right, I've got Worthy, who's got a backup quarterback, and then I've got Boutte, who's there. The LSU is, is a mess right now. Um, didn't even get a touchdown. LSU put up almost 60 points last week. Didn't even get a touchdown last week. So, uh I've been wrong starting him twice, and I just don't know if I can trust him to start him again this week. Uh, who am I mad at? I'm kind of mad at Fantrax. So uh, you want to know why I'm mad at I'll, I'll tell you a little story about why I'm mad at Fantrax. So Fantrax, for those of you that don't know, and if you play college fantasy football and you don't know who Fantrax is, I want to know where you have your league set up. Fantrax <laughs> is the, uh, the leader when it comes to uh, setting up college fantasy football. Great website. They do so many things right. Um, Fantrax this year has added in the ability to uh, go and rank backups. Uh, so if you have guys that don't play, there's an automated way to do that. It's uh, one of the worst things about college football overall is that there's not really injury reports. Um, a lot of teams will, uh, you know, game the injury report and there's no way of knowing. And when you go into a game and especially when you've got guys can play four weeks and uh, still be able to retain their red shirt, um, guys will just not play for no reason whatsoever, and it can really throw your game. So in a lot of leagues, we will um, we'll actually go into whatever our chat system is and we'll put the our backups, hey, if my wide receiver doesn't play, I want this guy to go in. It's what you have to do to keep integrity in the league. So Fantrax has started to try and do it automated. If you go into your league, you'll see little yellow circles where you can rank players. It's still in beta. They're still trying it out. Hey, that's great. I love the fact they're trying to get it automated. Well, this week, I was at Daytona Beach Comic Con. Two-day show, I'm there by myself. 8.30 in the morning on Sunday, we realized that their automated system that's in beta completely took a dump. Didn't happen in CFB. It happened in, uh, in MVP, the, uh, the other main college one that I have. It started moving out guys that played and had normal days for random bench players. There was one game where a 13-point player got moved onto the bench for a 44-point player. There were games where having uh, the win, the wins and losses were getting changed because the system didn't work. So instead of getting ready for the show, I was working with the other commissioners to try and figure out everything that made that messed up, getting everything worked out. I ended up having to rush to uh, get over to the show on Sunday morning. I ended up leaving some of my stage clothes in the room. So yes, Fantrax, you inadvertently made me leave stage clothes in a hotel room <laughs> in Daytona Beach. I have to drive back there on Thursday to get my stuff. Thanks, Fantrax. But in all seriousness, I am glad that Fantrax is trying to make that work because that is one of the biggest frustrations for all of college fantasy football players, that there is no injury report and you can see games get decided just because of coaches' gamesmanship. It has nothing to do with you setting your lineup and being a a good coach 
I mean, you you can't do you can't know what's in in the coach's head if they just want to hold somebody out for gamesmanship purposes. So I'm glad they're trying to make that work. Hopefully this week uh, that that issue is resolved. So some other settings in there, and I was talking with Zach Tao uh, on the live pod we did last week about this, and he uses you know we use our um, uh, not IR spots the where we redshirt our players. What's that yeah, the, spot the minors, called? The minors. minors. They, that his league uses the minors for backups, um, which is pretty interesting. Where you can put one per position there. Um, thought that was a cool. Just in this scenario where it's like okay, unnamed suspension or unlisted injury, and the player just sits and nobody could have figured that out unless they were maybe on Twitter ten minutes before kickoff, whatever. Um, but you can set a max number of positions. So I just adjusted that in our. CFB Dynasty League um, to four, so you can do one per position. Um, I'll put it at five actually because of kickers. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's that that does suck that it didn't work. Um, all right, so you ready for rankings? Yeah. You know what, Emac? I think I'm ready for rankings. Let's do it, man. All right, right. so normally on the show, we go and look at the top five on CFBDynasty.com. If you are not a subscriber, you will not have access to this. You will just get um, a place saying this is is subscriber-only information. So make sure if you are not subscribed to CFBDynasty.com that uh, you go up and get yourself a subscription. What we do on this show is we will go through the top five and maybe hit on a couple others. But uh, we don't want to give away the entire list. We want to make sure that uh, you still have an impetus to want to go up there and get the whole list every week. So we're going to start with quarterbacks. BMAC, let's go to your top five quarterbacks uh, for this week's rankings. Yep, and these were posted this morning. Um, I posted that in the Discord. We'll put it up on Twitter later. But, um, yeah, for quarterbacks, so um, – We've got all the data here. We've added a couple columns in the spreadsheet. So if you're on like a mobile device, you'll just see the player and their rank. But if you click the little plus sign, um, you'll get all the information there. So it's we've got the fantasy points, total fantasy points updated. We've got fantasy points per game. But the addition is how many weekly points you get. So we've got W1 for week one how many points they got in week one, and then W2 for week two, how many points they got in week two. Um, in addition to the spread, the over-under, projected team points, projected opponent points. Um, so the week one, week two basically allows us to kind of spot trends, and those are really important. You don't want to, you know, in a league where you have potentially limited waiver wire pickups, or maybe you've got like a salary cap set up where you don't want to use, you know, 20% of your cap on someone that just caught two long touchdowns and that was two of his four targets and uh just had an anomaly game there so in this scenario we you know we've only got two weeks we typically leave the trailing three weeks okay. so like in week nine you'll see weeks eight seven and six so you can see the most recent three weeks in there we don't want to add it all the way out but if you guys request it and you just want to see the whole week or, or every week in one That'll be a totally different page, but that's something we can build and provide for subscribers and uh, could be some good information as you're looking at trends there. Um, so number one, we've got CJ Stroud. We called it last week. We, we figured Ohio State was going to really want to get their passing attack going, um, and that was a little bit to the detriment of the running backs in terms of fantasy performance. Uh, Still more of a split than I would have expected going into the season Um, with Travion Henderson, you know, not up there, even in our top 10 running backs uh, again this week. So um, Stroud against Toledo, it's uh, there's no spread. Uh, They're just expected to, to crush Toledo and he gets his top receiver back potentially this week. Love CJ Stroud there. And yeah. then at you number at two, top, yep. yeah. So if you look at your top five, and uh, you know as we're going through, the top five are all top end power five quarterbacks this week. But you got to look at who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Every one of them is playing. I don't want to call them a cupcake game. I don't want to say a money game, but most of them pretty much are playing money games this week. 
And yeah. uh, that's why you've got some of these guys as the season goes on, you're probably not going to see as many of these power five, upper power five quarterbacks in that top five. Cause as you said earlier, that's when you're going to get into your, your maxion and your conference games for the group of five. And you're going to have much more difficult games for your Ohio States, Alabama's Oklahoma state. So. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And, and that will be a dramatic shift as we get into week four, five, six. Um, so yeah, Bryce Young against UL Monroe, you just expect them to get it from Saban this week in practice. And you just kind of know they're going to come out and crush UL Monroe as, as bad as they can beat them. So the spread on that one is 49 and a half with the over under of 60, uh, which doesn't leave many points for UL Monroe. About 5.25 points is what UL Monroe's projected. So Alabama, uh, all their players are, are, you know, rated pretty highly um, this week, but receiver still is kind of questionable because they just didn't perform very well last week. Um, one of the surprises, and just watching him play this year, Spencer Sanders looks freaking great. Not only does he look super quick, like the ball comes out quick, he's he's just seemingly improved a lot. We'll see as they go into conference play. And, you know, the Big 12 is a lot better at defense than they were four or five years ago. Um, so we'll see <clears throat> how Spencer Sanders project, uh, continues to produce in fantasy. But the last two weeks, he, averaged, he had 58 fantasy points and 32 for an average of 45. He's playing against Arkansas, applying pine bluff so there's no spread but you just hope he gets his points and you figure he will before uh you know they go to the backups there which is the only concern with spencer sanders but i think they're going to want to keep his hot streak rolling along all right number four you've got a uh, hendon hooker from tennessee i'm hoping that this is going to be the game where he's going to blow up the first two weeks have been all right i mean he's looked good but definitely have not been uh been games that are going to be winning or, or performances are going to win or lose you a fantasy game. Probably games that are performances are going to lose you a fantasy game more than win because you're expecting that that Tennessee offense is going to blow up. Yeah. And it just hasn't really done that as far as his stats are concerned. Um, what do you think about Hendon Hooker? Obviously you think highly of him if you've got him at QB4. What are your thoughts on Hendon Hooker? It's a potential look ahead game. Um, it's it's actually on, on late kick. It's one of Josh Pate's best bets is the other side is taking Akron and the the minus or plus 47 and a half just because, you know, Tennessee is going to be looking ahead at uh, Florida next week is who they host. And uh, they're coming off a big <clears throat> tight win in overtime against Pitt. <clears throat> but I like Hendon Hooker a lot. It's a tune-up game, you know, feel-good game, get a couple long touchdown passes to Tillman. And uh, then he'll probably be out of the game, I imagine, uh, somewhere in the third quarter. All right, then it looks like probably the most difficult matchup in those top five is going to be Caleb Williams, USC. Caleb Williams, USC against Fresno State. Heck yeah, that's going to be a shootout. That's one of the biggest uh, over-under <clears throat> matchups this week, 71.5. I think it might be the biggest uh, in terms of total points scored projected. So we've got, uh, that leaves USC basically 42 to 29, beating out Fresno State. So there's plenty of fantasy points to be had there um, <clears throat> on both teams. So Caleb Williams should yeah. play into the fourth. If you haven't seen Fresno State, they are a deep, deep team at wide receiver. That's one of those teams where, you think it's going to be Jalen Cropper, uh, but their team is so deep at wide receiver. They have got so many weapons that um, it could be it's going to be a shootout because it's, you can't cover them all. You cannot cover them all. <laughs> yep. All right, let's move to running back as I'm like fighting away uh, or coughing here. With I'm just going to drink some, take a sip of this cold coffee that's, that's here because that's all I've got left. But Bajan Robinson, like we mentioned earlier, Issues at quarterback, injury issues. UTSA is a really solid group of five opponent. If you haven't seen them play, they're solid. The spread is just 13 and a half at home for Texas. Um, and it would probably be less if uh, the third string quarterback ends up starting there. So 
I expect Bijan Robinson to be heavily featured in this game, uh, catching the ball, running the ball. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he got you know high twenties and touches uh, this week. But love Bijan as as our RB one this week. Yeah, I think that uh, UTSA definitely has the ability to uh, keep that that game score high. Frank Harris is an underrated quarterback in fantasy football for UTSA. And um, that game is probably going to be a, a lot more of a shootout than people would expect uh, just because of the injuries on uh, on the Texas side and uh, just not a lot of people outside of college fantasy really knowing about UTSA. So did you see last week how many catches our RB2 had? I did not, but I'm sure I'm going to find out right now. 14 catches last week for Evan Hull. Yeah, um, more catches than carries, I believe. And uh, Northwestern's got a great matchup this week. And uh, there's no spread, but I expect Hull to get uh, another big performance. He's got 70, he's averaging 35 fantasy points a game right now. Wow, my um, goodness. In two games against Nebraska. And I forget who they played last week, but yeah. Great yeah, this matchup. Might, this, yeah. Easy. This one. might be the game to get uh, to get those points out of him because they're playing a, a complete money game right now. So uh, who knows if he's going to be able to keep that up when they get into conference? But this is this is going to be a yeah playing against SIU. That's going to be a, a one for them to go and just screen pass and uh, you know little flares out of the backfield to him the whole time. RB three. We've got another guy that's expected to get a bunch of catches and uh, Sean Tucker. I think week in week out, he's going to be just one of the stars. He's someone that if you can target to trade for him, his value is just going to continue to go up. Uh, they play Purdue at home this week um, at noon, just super consistent so far. Week one, 27 points, week two, 33 points. And, uh, it's projected to be a really tight game. I looked at the line last night, uh, and it was uh, a pick'em game, so should be about sixty points scored. And Tucker's gonna gonna get his against Purdue. Should it's crazy watching game. crazy watching how Syracuse has uh, has changed their offensive style. You don't normally Dude. see that a lot in college football, where you go from pass happy, pass happy, pass happy. You could not stop their wide receivers to now being a run oriented offense. Uh, where they've got a lot more, a lot more coming out of the backfield. It's interesting seeing the same coach. I mean, if you have a coaching change, that's something that you could you could project. But when you're talking about the same coach that was, you know, four and five wide all game to be in a run heavy offense, that's very interesting. Yep, it is interesting. We've got Braylon Allen, RB four for Wisconsin. Um, pretty easy start there. Another weak opponent. Um, they're projected to win 42 to five. So I'm sure he'll get his before he comes out of the game. And I, I don't expect him to play the full game. All right. The last but not least, you got Lou Nichols, the third from central Michigan. Sweet Lou. Uh, that's right. Again, if this was a, if this was a game that was in conference, even, or if he was playing a power five, he might not be at five, but they're playing uh playing a money game for them. Which uh, you know, if it's a money game for Central Michigan, they're playing a very, uh, very weak opponent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, after Week One, what they did to Oklahoma State um, in terms of being able to put up points, still being able to run the ball. You know, Lou Nichols is just you start him every week, no matter who they play, almost. Um, and uh, potentially, it is just no matter who they play, you got to start him. All right, so that's the top fives. You're going to be scrolling on down here to wide receivers. Wide receivers, again, we have a lot of guys that are in the uh, Power Five conferences for the same reason with the quarterbacks. There's a lot of money games here, a lot of out-of-conference games. Let's go to your number one. Who is it and why? Jordan Addison, USC. You know, we've talked about this game. It's going to be a high-scoring, one of the highest-scoring games of the day. And Addison has just taken over as as wide receiver one. You know, it was interesting beginning of the year seeing all these transfers, Mario Williams and and others going in there competing against other good receivers that already existed on the roster. But Addison's just the man. Like he he's really good and he's gonna get uh, deep shots every game and uh, he's also gonna put up a decent number of catches and get his his share of targets. So he's got. Uh, I think he's averaging 26.2 fantasy points per game with uh, the the highest scoring game potentially of the day. Uh, I like him a lot there. 
And at wide receiver two, um, we got the second highest projected scoring game of the day. Rasheed Rice for SMU at Maryland. Um, Rice has come, come out as the clear number one receiver for SMU, 27 fantasy points per game. And super consistent, 26.6 week one, 27.7 week two. And he's a candidate who's got a really uh, low, or no, sorry, a high floor. Um, and he'll have his blow-up games where he'll just kill it, but he's not going to be someone, or very unlikely to be someone, who ever has, like, two catches for 25 yards. Um, yeah. He's just fully, been killing it. Fully expect that game to be a shootout. Tiger Vailoa had a great game last week for Maryland. Um, I expect that it's going to be a pass-happy game, which works out well when you have a receiver like that because that means he's going to still be in the game and still having to, you know, go uh, – you know, go possession for possession with the other team that's going to be out there trying to score high as well. A former group of five member comes in at number three, Jacob Cowing for Arizona. Uh, you know, he transferred to Arizona in the offseason. You're like, oh, I wonder how he's going to perform against the top-level talent. Well, he's performed great at Arizona, and he's the clear go-to guy for an offense that's doing way better than people expected. Uh, they're playing North Dakota State. Uh, late night game, uh, 11 p.m. start Eastern. And uh, no spread on this game, but he's averaging 25 a game, and I don't see any reason why that would slow down against North Dakota State. <laughs> and then wide receiver four, we've got Tillman for Tennessee. He's averaging 18 a game so far. We haven't seen the best of Tillman yet. Like Tennessee just hasn't, uh, you know, they haven't had the... Uh, Easy games. This is a tune-up for Akron. Again, I think he's going to get his early and then get out of the game and get ready for Florida next week. And then at wide receiver five, uh, Tank Dell for Houston, playing against a surprisingly decent Kansas team. Uh, this should be another shootout in favor of Houston. I think the score based on the over-under is around 36-26. to 26. So Dell will get his averaging 18 a game. Haven't seen his best game yet, for sure. Yeah, and I uh, one of the things. Let's go back to Tillman real quick. If you would ask me who uh, who I was uh, upset with, or who I was mad at after week one, it would have been Tillman. You come out there, he was a high draft pick, and um, just the ball just didn't go his way. It wasn't much he could do. They were just in the game. The, he was out quickly. There wasn't much he could do in that game. So to be able to see him have a bounce back game last week and uh, and show, hey, look, this is a guy that deserved to get that high draft pick. Really glad about that. And uh, if you go to um, if you go to Kansas, I saw an interesting note this week. If you look at Kansas, one of the things you have to pay attention to in college football is where the coaches go. Yep. Where did the, what was what was a program like previously, and where is it? Where are that what's going on with them now? Look at uh, Buffalo in the last couple of years had some some great offensive talent. Their coach goes to Kansas now. Kansas is doing well, so it, that coach has brought his his system that he had in Buffalo. Uh, that produced Jared Patterson over to Kansas. And now Kansas has a, has a strong running back there. So keep your eye on Kansas because of the success their coach had at a previous stop. Yeah, Devin Neal, we've we've got him as, as one of our top, you know, 30, 40 starts this week. Uh, absolutely. And he, he's averaging 24 a game, and that might not slow down at all throughout this season. Um so that's a great one there. Um, so that hey, that's our that's our top five at each position. But you know what comes next? If you're out there and you've been listening to the podcast, you know that the next thing up is BMAC's brisket lock. BMAC is a connoisseur of the of the cooked meats, and he is so <laughs> so confident in his brisket lock, he would probably bet his plate of brisket that this guy's going to have a good week. BMAC, who outside the top five? is BMAC's brisket lock for college fantasy football week three. You know, this segment kills me. Every time you you have this great introduction, I'm thinking, dang, maybe I should smoke a brisket this weekend. <laughs> and that's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while for me, but it's, it's football season. It's time. Uh, maybe this is the weekend. Uh, so brisket lock of the week. I've got Marquez Cooper running back Kent State. We talked about Kent State earlier. He's averaging, you know, less than 10 fantasy points per game-ish. Um, had the really difficult schedule, but they get a break from at Washington, at Oklahoma. 
now they're playing Long Island, and they're finally at home. So Colin Schlee is a great start. Marquez Cooper is a great start. Cephas is a great start. Um, really, now's the time to, to have him bust out, be that RB1, and see how he does. Both the brisket locks have crushed it so far, so we'll see how Marquez Cooper does this week. All right, there you go. Marquez Cooper, BMAX brisket lock for week three. Let's see if he can keep his plate of brisket this week. <laughs> All right, so now we want to transfer over to Discord. CFBDynasty.com has got a, a, a growing Discord channel. Uh, every week we ask people for their comments and uh, their participation and their questions. So, BMAC, you've got a couple of things lined up from the Discord that we want to talk about. Let's uh, head on over there. Let's see what we want to talk about this week. Fresh 33 he says, looking into the future, which <clears throat> quarterback has a better remainder to the season? We've got Jerkovic at Boston College, Schley at Kent, theme of the show today with Kent State, or Peyton Thorne for Michigan State. Um, for me, I think the answer is pretty obvious. I'm not angry with Jerkovic. I do have Jerkovic in, in our main league, but... And he's struggled, and I'm just, I'm more disappointed with Jakovic than anything else. Colin Schley, though, he's the clear answer to me. I like Peyton Thorne. I like what Michigan State's going to do. I think he's uh, the second one on this list. But I will easily take Schley and Kent as they get into some action. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I would rank them exactly the same way you just did. Um, Schley, number one, Thorne, two, and then Jakovic as three. I think that, uh, now that Kent is, they've survived. Once they get past Georgia, once they get past Georgia, if he gets out of that game and he's not on a stretcher, um, <laughs> that's that's think, a major key. Good yeah. call. <laughs> <laughs> if he can get through that Georgia game and still be standing, I think that he could have a, a blow up into the year. Yes, just be healthy. I, that's a that's a very good call. <laughs> um, all right, so we've got Tiger Turf. Uh, he's one of the newer members on uh, in the Discord. So. Need advice on a starting quarterback this week, and I will take this moment to say, like Zach Tao and I, every either Friday night or Saturday, we'll ping everybody and take start-sit questions, and he, uh, Tiger Turf appropriately put this in the start-sit, but we're just adding it to the pod this week. So who would you start, Matt? We've the, Each of these, I'll say, are in our top 10 starts of the week. Um... So I don't, I don't think he can go wrong with any of them. We've got Will Rogers at LSU. Uh, Mississippi State's a three-point favorite there. The projected ending score is about 28-25 based on the over-under. Um, Sam Hartman against Liberty or Spencer Sanders against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, if I had to rank those, I would say Sam Hartman, in my mind, is the number one, uh, specifically because Liberty, even though... Liberty is on, on the bottom end of the group of five. I don't think Liberty is just a complete pushover for a team like Wake. I yeah. think Sam Hartman is going to come in feeling like he's still got some stuff to prove after not being sure if he was even going to play this year. Um, I think he proved last week that he is, uh, he is the same quarterback that we all expected he was going to be. I think there is the best chance that Sam Hartman is going to actually play the vast majority of that game. So that's why I would go with Sam Hartman. Um, Spencer Sanders, I think, could be out early, um, and he might be out early and not get a whole lot of passing yards. I think Arkansas Pine Bluff is just going to get exactly what you'd expect out of that game. Arkansas Pine Bluff yeah. is probably just going to get destroyed. Um, you could have a game where Spencer Sanders blows up in the first half, and then he's out in the second, or it could all be rushing touchdowns. I think that uh, that Will Rogers against LSU, if this was an end-of-season game, it always seems like the SEC, when you get to the end of the year, you've got some crazy game that's like 60-59, to 59, um, in the SEC where both teams are just blowing up. But early season, I don't know if that's what's going to happen in the SEC. So I would say if this was my roster without hesitation, I would personally go with Sam Hartman first. Oh, so if this was my roster, I, I would have so much hesitation. <laughs> I would argue all week long trying to figure out, all right, which one of these guys is the best start. I get you for sure. We've It's, it's just hard to sit Spencer Sanders, who's, Averaged 45 a game so far in two games. And, yeah, he runs the ball. He's He throws the ball, of course, as the quarterback. But 
he's a great running quarterback. So it doesn't take long for him to put up points in a hurry. So we'll see. Uh, I, there's not a big gap between these quarterbacks in our rankings. We might have, you know, Will Rogers at nine, uh, Spencer Sanders at three, and Hartman at six. You know, there's not a huge gap there. They're all yeah. favorable starts. So no matter, and and that's really what I want CFB Dynasty to be as we continue to to push data and launch our algorithm and all that stuff in the coming weeks. It's a tool to help you figure out which player you want to start. It's not necessarily, you know, a prediction. Um, but it's it's uh, based on the math. It's hard to sit Spencer Sanders, but they're all really good starts this yeah, week. Yeah, I could tell you the, the one, the couple questions or comments I would have to Tiger Turf is if, if you've got those three quarterbacks, I want to know who else is in his league and what their quarterbacks are. Because if he's got three guys at that level, my goodness, that is a, that is a deep, deep team. And like you said, you could just throw a uh, throw a dart at the board and you start any one of those guys. That's a great problem to have because I don't think any one of those quarterbacks is going to have a bad week. I think they're all going to have great weeks. I just think Sam Hartman probably has the best chance of having more playing time in that game. Yep. But uh, yeah, if you uh, you you couldn't go wrong starting any one of those three guys. I think that he's he's got a great a great problem to have right there. Yep. So, and then the last thing is uh, we've got Tar Heel Bum, who I've interacted with for years on, uh, you know, with the CFB Dynasty site via email, via all kinds of things. Um, so he's got a question, just looking for some feedback on his roster, <clears throat> where he's at. So let's let's break down his roster. I'll I'll put it up on the screen. Um, he sent over some screenshots via the discord and i know it, it might be a little bit difficult to see so i'm going to read them out <clears throat> he's zero and two little concerned he's in a 10 team keeper league so youth matters in here you want to typically in a keeper league you want to have a nice percentage of you know younger players and you know seniors and juniors who could go to the draft at any point or graduate whatever you want to have a healthy mix there uh, for long-term success totally in those years where you have the roster to make a push for the championship you can totally get rid of some of those young assets and go all in on a year i love to do that it's won me plenty of money in other big leagues that are really competitive before but um in this case let's take a look so his starting lineup he's got caleb williams he's a top five start He's got Tank Bigsby, who's got a really difficult matchup this week. Tank is like, he is the Auburn offense, so he could be someone that's going to just get a touchdown or two every game. But I don't see a lot of points being scored there. Tank is such a good player, really difficult to sit. Um, but he's also got Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, who hasn't put up the points. You can see on his fan tracks... Um, Screenshot here, 12.7 fantasy points per game uh, year to date. So that we would expect to go up quite a bit. Um, A.D. Mitchell from Georgia, who's hurt, and Bradley, um, and then A.T. Perry at receiver, and Brock Bowers at tight end. So I'll tell you, Bradley's going to have a tough matchup this week because NC State's getting back two of their key components. Uh, Cheyenne Battle yeah. um, is one of them that's coming back at DB. Um, they're also getting back one of their all-world linebackers. So their defense is going to be at full health. NC State's got one of the best linebacking cores in the country. Um, so I think Texas Tech is going to have a little bit of a problem in their passing game. I would still start him because it's a Texas Tech offense. But um, I would if, if he has a little bit of a down week this week, it's going to be because they're going to have a, a defense that's going to be back at full health. He's not a top 50 start for me. I don't like the matchup. I want to see more before I put him in a starting lineup. Um, they really, even with Miles Bryce, uh, which we all, the whole community was big on him going into the season because of the position he played for the offense that he was in and the new coaching staff, et cetera. Like it was set up to be great. No one has taken off as a, with a big percentage of target share or anything there. They've all kind of spread it out kind of evenly. So, uh, looking at the bench there, he's got some youth with, uh, Relique Brown, Zach Evans, ooh, that is tough to sit. And Devin Neal from Kansas. Um, I, I think uh, Copeland, Ducking, 
Burden um, at receiver are better starts. Does he not have or Does he not have a flex in this league? Uh, don't doesn't seem like it. If yeah, that's um, tough. So, but instead of Mitchell for Georgia or Bradley for Texas Tech, I would like the upside better of a Burden or a Copeland or a Ducking. I think uh, those three, two of those three, would be better starts, and I think all three of them are in our top fifty. Whereas, um, you know, the other two aren't. The other guy, potentially, would be Brew McCoy, who looked pretty good. He's averaging eight fantasy points per game. And I would say if his uh, if his two league is two running backs, two wide receivers on a flex, right now he's got two running backs, three wide receivers, based on that roster he has, I would, if that's if the flex is in there, I would go three running backs, two wide receivers, because it looks Agreed. like his depth, his depth and his strength is at that running back core. Yep, you got to start Neil or Evans if if that's the case. Um, and I might start one of those two over over Tank, but again, that's a hard one to sit. But, anyways, thanks for the question there, Tar Heel Bum. Always appreciate you and uh, enjoy talking with all y'all on the Discord. That's been a fun addition to the to the college football season. And if you guys are not up there on the Discord, what are you waiting for? Get your butt up there. Get on the CFB Dynasty Discord. Subscribe to the CFB Dynasty website so you can get this information because all we're doing is touching on the top fives of positions. If you're in a 12-team league, most likely we have not touched on anybody that's on your roster or maybe just a player or two uh, because we've only really talked about 15 to 20 guys on this podcast. You need to get up there and be able to do your research um, and uh, be able to really see who you want to start. So you want to get up and be on CFBDynasty.com. Subscribe there. Get into the Discord, be involved there, uh, ask questions and get yourself, get your question, whether it's going to be on this podcast or on the live broadcast that uh, Brian is doing with Zach Tao. Uh, be involved and help take your team to the next level. Yep, we just want to have fun with you guys, build a great community. That's the goal because we just we love college football and it's more fun to complain and do things together. Um, so we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bremax. So uh, outside of the Discord and outside of here, how can people get a hold of you during the week? How can they pay attention to what's going on in the life of Bremax? Yeah, at CFB Dynasty. Um, I don't do much posting, but if you want to, for whatever reason, on the personal Twitter, it's at BC McElfresh. Um, but yeah, man, how about you? So you can uh, you see I've got my name down here. It says hashtag Team and Sim. I am one half of Insymmetry Creations. We're a content creation um, collective with myself and Steph Cannon. We write comics. Uh, we do articles. We do panel hosting. We do emceeing. Uh, last week, I was at Daytona Beach Comic Con. This week, I'm in my hometown. I'm at Ocala Comic Con at the World Equestrian Center. Going to be the biggest uh, Ocala Comic Con ever. They're taking up one of the entire uh, convention center buildings out there. Um, I'll be doing some panels on Saturday morning and Sunday morning. Otherwise, I'll be at our booth. We're going to be at, I think it's S13. So if you come out to Ocala Comic-Con and you want to talk some college fantasy football, look for the dude in the top hat. That's going to be me. And uh, we can talk some college fantasy. Um, on social media, you can go to at uh, Dr. Anguish if you want to get to me personally. Or you can go to uh, forward slash InSim on Facebook, InSim Creations on Twitter, or InSymmetry Creations on Instagram. Or you can go to InSymmetryCreations.com to the website and you can see everything that we do as in symmetry creations heck yeah man thanks well it's been fun i think uh i think we're gonna have a great weekend of uh fantasy football but hopefully some of these players take off for me i've i've had in the home league i've had a rough start to the season matchups have been uh not great for me well i tell you one of the things if we go back to the when you talked about what are we mad at? One of the things I am not mad about is parody. I am a I am somebody who always roots for the underdog. I love uh, seeing smaller teams jump up, and uh, I love the fact that you've seen so many games to start this year where teams that were just expected on paper to just run away with it, they're in the top four in college fo college football every year that have struggled. I love seeing the Marshalls and the Appalachian states getting a chance to get some national press. I love it. And um, I hope that it continues. Yep. And I'm going up against the infamous Uncle Joe this week. Uh-oh. So Uncle we'll Joe. <laughs> Uncle Joe. You never know what you're going to get. He is he is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get from him. Uh, sometimes it's going to be sane. Sometimes it's going to be insane. Uh, but uh, it's still Uncle Joe. 
<laughs> if only you guys knew. <laughs> it's so funny when I hear a couple of Discord people ask about Uncle Joe and what he's doing. But anyways. We're making um, him famous. We're making him famous, but his craziness is making him famous so we can make him even more famous. We'll get him on a shirt this year for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the, mo the, 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 the most, the, the top selling shirt for CFB is going to be the Uncle Joe shirt. <laughs> oh, I would not doubt it. <laughs> All right, guys. So we've come to the end of the uh, end of the broadcast. We hope you've enjoyed this. Whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on any of the streaming uh, streaming uh, platforms, uh, hope you come back next week where we talk about what we liked in week three, what we're looking forward to in week four, and all the other stuff. Looking for Bmax brisket lock in week four. We hope you guys go up and join the Discord. Go subscribe to CFBDynasty.com. My name is Matt Knowles. That guy over there is BMAC, the founder of CFBDynasty.com. We thank you guys for coming out. See ya.